Hello, beautiful, and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co, and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, Finding Fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding Fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility. But what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Hello, beautiful. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox, and I'm super excited to have Janice Holton. Welcome, Janice. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Just let our listener know who you are and what you do. Sure. So I am the High Vibe Weight Loss Coach. I'm a certified holistic nutritionist and wellness coach, and I help women release the excess weight for good and elevate their lives. Yay. So exciting. How did you get into this? Well, that's a loaded question, especially for this podcast. (laughs) Um, So I used to work in corporate. I used to be an advertising director for top food manufacturers like Coca-Cola, Frito-Lay, Pepsi, Heinz, Kraft. And when I decided that I wanted to start my family, I really looked at my lifestyle and my eating habits and I realized, wow, this doesn't align with having the healthiest babies and and the healthiest family possible. And when I started shifting my own health and nutrition, I started looking more at what I was doing as my career and thought, wait a minute, I am promoting this unhealthy lifestyle on a massive scale because my job was to promote the overconsumption of these prepackaged unhealthy foods, which at the time I didn't even realize was unhealthy because I was young and I wasn't really thinking much about that. And also a lot of the marketing that I was doing to start my career was all about convenience foods, which is totally fine and transparent. But as I did this for 15 years, I saw the shift and you probably see it on TV and ads and radio all the time where foods are now promoted as healthy and good for you, Mm. gluten-free and only natural ingredients or or my favorite is made with real food tagline. (laughs) I don't know where that even came from, but that is a really popular tagline on food these days. And after going through my health journey, I realized that I could not do this anymore as a career. It was no longer aligned for me and my soul. And I joke with my husband, I'm like, it's ripping my soul out doing this kind of job. I needed to make a change. So I went back to school when, um, once my twin baby boys were um, born and I was back from mat leave. I thought, why not add on another whole new thing in my life? So I went back to school to became, to become a holistic nutritionist. Um, but I was still in fact, struggling with my own weight. So I decided to focus on nutrition for fertility and pregnancy because that's where my journey started. And my heart was really there. And I did that for the first two and a half years of my career, helping women to get pregnant, stay pregnant and have healthy children, healthy babies. And it was amazing. But somehow within my working with um, women and actually partners too, I work with both men and women, 
I realized that the missing piece of the puzzle wasn't just the, here's the nutrition plan. Here's what you need to do. Here are the best supplements in order to conceive and have a healthy pregnancy. But it was all around, how do I encourage them to actually follow through and make the lifestyle shifts and follow through with the nutrition and do the things that they know that they want to do in order to get the outcome that they wanted. And that process in helping my clients actually helped to connect the dots for me and why I was struggling with my own weight. So I ended up taking a step back from my career and I focused on myself and I ended up losing like the 35 pounds that I had been struggling with for over three decades from, from being a child and yo-yo dieting and overweight and underweight and struggling with different eating disorders. I was able to finally overcome it and keep it off for good. And I realized that now this is what I need to do with my life. So I actually switched my focus. And now I really do work a lot with women who are struggling to release the excess weight. And some of my clients are struggling as well with fertility um, concerns, PCOS, and things that are attached with being overweight or obese or general health struggles around your your weight and your diet and your size. So I think that was a little bit long, but that's a bit about me. Yeah, I know. Thank you for sharing that. Could you sum up in a few words um, kind of the key reason why people hold on to excess weight or don't stick to diets? Um, well, I'd say those are two different reasons, but I would say really it comes down to, we are overeating using food as a mechanism to cope for our feelings. Now we've all known, like we've heard the saying before, like we eat our feelings. And so we end up being overweight. I actually never identified as an emotional overeater. So for me, this revelation was really huge in changing the way that I saw my own habits around food. So I would say that understanding and going through the neuroscience that I ended up doing in my own personal studies is realizing that the brain is designed to move away from anything that's hard to move away from expending excess energy from moving away from anything unpleasurable and searching for things that are pleasurable. That's the way that the brain works. Mm -hmm. So when we understand that we can look at, okay, we're using food to find pleasure and move away from pain. Someone like me, that would be my go-to. There are other people who over shop, who over drink, who over social media, who over gossip, because we get this feeling of pleasure from that overconsumption of whatever it is that are that we're driven to. So I would say the reason why a lot of us are overweight is because we're using food as a tool to buffer, to cope with emotions that we don't want to feel and that we don't want to release, we don't want to address, we don't want to deal with essentially. Yeah. And the other question is, why do we find it hard to stick to the plan, the diet, the, the strategy that we've created to get to a goal? Well, that, I mean, that's a loaded question too, but I'd say there's a lot of hardwiring in our brain that makes habit really easy to fall back on 
and hard to change. Again, when you're understanding the brain, it wants to conserve energy. It wants to keep us safe. And what is familiar is safe and easy to our brain. So if you are used to a pattern of eating in a certain way, it's really hard to disconnect those neurons in the brain without getting too sciencey, really to, to I say, down-regulate the, the dopamine, the pleasure we get from a certain habit and change it. That's hard. And remember, the brain doesn't like hard. So we really have to use some key tools in order to change the old programming that's hardwired in our brain. Because a lot of the my women come to me, they have been working on their weight for as long as they can remember. And the struggle is they feel like they know the things to do. They just can't seem to get themselves to do it. Mm -hmm. So it's not that we need another like magical meal plan or <laughs> diet pill yeah. or something that's going to work. What we need to do is we need to go inside and say, okay, one, the way that I work with my clients is let's figure out the most effective tool for you to release the weight specifically for your hormones, for your habits, and for your energetic vibration. Because I like to tie in manifestation and energy and emotion into the whole process. It makes it more permanent. And then to really dive in and see, okay, what is it, the patterns in your brain that are so strong that we need to disconnect and reprogram with new habits and patterns that make it as automatic as driving to work every day without even having to think about it because it's just so normal for you to be doing that. When before it was so normal for you to be driving to this job over here, we need to reprogram that GPS system so that it's automatically taking you to this new job over here. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, no, it's um, it's amazing. It's a really amazing way to explain it. And I totally agree with you. I think what I was getting at and what I've found in my own journey, um, and I see in a lot of other people's journey, whether it's weight loss, fertility, you know, anything like that. And it's a really hard pill to swallow. And I just got the chills up my back. So I know I'm going on the right path, but it's basically down to self-love and self-worth. Yeah. And when we don't have that, and a lot of times I didn't realize that about myself and you probably didn't realize that about your journey as well. I didn't know, Jesus Christ, I'm electric. <laughs> um, I didn't know how unloved I felt, how much I didn't feel worthy, how much all of those emotions and no one on the outside would have been able to see either right like I no, was a happy party girl and was achieving and mm -hmm. you know like all that stuff and and when I had to start asking myself hard questions like why like for me um it was alcohol right especially red wine is like I know this is destroying me and especially when I learned about gut health and that was the root cause of my fertility and I knew that one glass of wine could change my gut microbiome and I needed to heal it was like, why? Why can't I not have this glass of wine? What is it? And then when right. you do that self, you know, that radical self-analyzing, you're like, oh, shit, I actually don't feel worthy and I actually don't feel loved. So therefore, I don't treat myself the way that someone who really loved themselves or felt worthy would treat. You and know, you're then. looking for pleasure outside mm -hmm. of yourself. And yeah. my women 
are using food. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they could be using more than one thing like alcohol and red wine and all of that stuff too. But that's exactly what it comes down to. It, it comes down to you are using food for the pleasure that you're missing out of your life, that you're missing out of the feeling of your own self-love and worthiness. And as women as a whole, we are conditioned to serve others before <laughs> ourselves, especially, and I was having this revelation just recently, when you look at the hormone of estrogen, right? It is that caring, nurturing hormone. And so when we're in those, you know, prime stages of our lives where our, our estrogen is typically, you know, higher from the time you hit puberty to, you know, menopause and perimenopause, sometimes depending on the stage of perimenopause you're in, we have a lot of those caring, nurturing estrogen hormones that are having us focus on everyone else mm -hmm. and less on ourselves. Yeah. So we're not really even looking inward to say, what do I really need? What do I really need? Not yeah. what do I need in this moment that is sugar and chocolate and wine. <laughs> it's like, what do I need? Because those are easy fixes when you're serving everybody else and you just want a little bit of pleasure for yourself. It's easy to go there, mm -hmm. especially if you're not recognizing how to do that for yourself internally. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's hard for women, maybe like yourself, I don't know your complete history of your childhood, but for me, I didn't come from a traumatic childhood, right? Like what society would deem as traumatic, right? I had a normal upbringing. And so it was really hard for me to see like where all this came from. But when you start exploring and you start realizing all this stuff, it's like, actually, no, I was really emotionally neglected. My parents were functioning alcoholics, you know, like you dive into all these things. And when you start having conversations with your clients and, you know, trying to get them to that self-discovery of where this came from, right? You weren't born with it and you definitely didn't just develop it when you gained the weight or when you try to start trying to conceive, right? Like it, it started someone like in your childhood and some of us it's very obvious and then some of it's it's not yeah it wasn't obvious for me either like I would say that I had a pretty great childhood too we all have little traumas right they call it like little the little t traumas um, but I also did have a big t trauma and even for me I played it off like oh it wasn't that bad it could yeah. have been worse I know people that you know, we're in worse situations. So I wasn't even honoring inside of me the trauma that happened because I was so, I would say, feeling like I'm not worthy of having such a big deal made out of me. Yeah. Right. A hundred percent. So yeah, that is something that we have to work through. And and the one of the things that I do with my clients is like you said, we have to get deeper into I, I don't necessarily even expect my my clients to relive past trauma, but a lot of women come to me and they have protection weight. Like it is it yeah. is a real thing. Mm -hmm. So when I say release the weight, it, it you know it has a lot to do with the physical, but also the mental and emotional stuff that's going on and why we're using food as that coping mechanism. And so you know we have to dive into it and be like recognize okay what is the thought pattern that's causing you to feel these emotions that's now causing you to act in this way that's giving you this result that you don't want mm -hmm. so 
it's definitely something we have to look into regardless of whatever our coping mechanisms are because we're going to have them and that's okay as long as it's not yielding you a negative outcome right when it's getting to the point where it's you know, causing us to be unhealthy, having fertility issues, relationship issues, career issues, or whatever it is that that's what really makes us look inwards and be like, okay, really have to nip this in the bud, or I really have to overcome this thing that's been building since childhood that we obviously haven't dealt with. We haven't experienced process those emotions and feelings in order to move on. And that's what they are, right? Our, our feelings, our emotions, our messengers, that are trying to tell us we need to do something. And so a lot of people hear it and say, okay, I should lose weight. I should do this. I should, 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 but they don't know how to put that into action and, and overcome those old habits, patterns, and conditioning to get to that next level self. Yeah. I always say that um, I feel it's like when you're when you're tired of your own bullshit, that's when you start making moves, right? Because I mean, the reality is I spent years doing the same exact thing over and over and over and expecting the same, a different result, result. right? And then all of a sudden it was like, this is, I'm done with this bullshit. And so now I'm willing to receive those messages. And I feel like once you kind of flip that switch of like, okay, I'm done, then you can start hearing maybe the messages that, you know, either coaches or friends or family are trying to give you. And then you're like, okay, I'm ready to do this. Um, I feel all of that. If I could just share my moment where it was like, I'm done with this bullshit was literally my twin boys, sixth birthday after I'd done all the mind drama of what should I wear? And there's going to be pictures and am I going to look fat? And should I eat the cake? And should I have the ice cream and all of this stuff in my head? And we did the whole birthday. And as I was cleaning up afterwards, I had that moment where I was like, oh my God, enough of this. Like, I can't even do this anymore. I am done struggling with all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. The, the, what, what do I look like? What am I going to wear? What should I eat? And literally, I remember writing out this meal plan. It was like two weeks and all the macros and all the calories and all the, if I worked out how many calories in, how many calories, like the traditional way that I don't work like this anymore, but this is what I was so used to doing. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at it and I laughed at myself and it was like, my soul was there laughing beside me. And I was just like, this is not going to work. It has to work for me (laughs) forever. It's not going to work for me now. And I literally think I put my hands up in the air and I was like, can somebody something just please help me? It's that moment that you said you have that when you're just like enough of trying to do whatever I've been doing. I know it's not working. I'm open and receiving to whatever comes to me that is different that could help me actually re- reach the results. And that is exactly what happened in my weight loss journey. Yeah. And then different people started coming into my life and different information and different podcasts and the neuroscience and tying in manifestation and all of that stuff just sort of came together. And because I was open and ready to receiving that information that it finally like put the pieces together in the right way instead of just doing all the things that wasn't yeah. working. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Since I, was, since I was a kid. Right. Mm-hmm. I have a theory that fat and extra weight is really just a sign of inflammation. 
which inflammation could be either from your diet, your lifestyle, and your mental and emotional state. And it's just the way you're genetically prone to express that inflammation. So for me, I was highly inflamed, <laughs> like full-blown autoimmune issue, like, but I didn't present it that way. My body genetically didn't present, and, and I was eating like, like, not like awful crap, but definitely not healthy. I was definitely drinking enough to maybe have a beer gut, never had that, you know, so would you, what's your theory on, um, you know, that? Because society is always like fat shaming, right? Mm. Like society puts being overweight in this category. And I'm trying to shift it like, just look at it as inflammation that you can get rid of just like everywhere, everyone else. And it, and and sometimes I'm like, at least you have a physical thing to like help you with the transformation where when you're trying to heal an autoimmune issue, you can't see it. <laughs> like mm. I, I didn't have skin issues. I didn't have um, like weight issues, like, yeah, the bloatedness and the things like that. But what's your theory on that, on that fat? Like it's definitely a gen genetically prone, right? More people, some people are genetically prone to have it. So there is a bit of an obesity gene, but it's very, very small and slight. Okay. Really, if you look at the people who are overweight and they say it's genetic, it's because they have the same habits as their family yep. and they're used to eating the same way as their family, or at least they were as a child. And so when they become an adult, they're more prone now to be overweight because it's just the way that their, you know, their cells have memory as we know, yeah. and also, um, we, uh, we mess up our metabolism, right. Mm -hmm. By overeating, even genetics, like talking about pregnancy, I did a lot of work in epigenetics during pregnancy. And so if you are overweight or have gestational diabetes during pregnancy, your child is also more likely to, yeah. you know, express those genes as well. Not to say that they can't be altered because epigenetics can be yeah. altered. Um, so I would say it's not necessarily genetic. It just appears to be genetic because we have the same habits. As okay know, we experienced, um, there is a, a small, um, percentage, I think it's like 5% or something, but don't quote me on that, <laughs> um, where it's genetic. Um, definitely inflammation does cause weight gain. And that's a lot of the times the weight that we see people lose when they start a diet and they last for like two weeks and they drop like 10 pounds. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's inflammation. Sometimes if you're doing the dieting, right, if you're doing like a really strict, hardcore diet, where you're depriving yourself a lot, or where you're working out really hard, you're actually increasing your cortisol. So you're increasing your inflammation. So there's definitely a day a way to do it wrong that way. But also when you're in high stress, and I'm talking about stress specifically as inflammation, um, you actually feel hungrier. Like you said, you were eating all the time. You feel hungrier. You cause cravings for sugar, for things that are really high insulin producing. Because if you think about it, you need that energy to, when you're in a stressful state, your body thinks like, you're going to need to run. You're right. going to need to flee. You're going to need to do something. So it causes you to overeat high sugary foods because it wants to have that available energy in order to fight or in order to run. So it causes us to hold on to weight. It causes us to overeat. It causes us to crave certain foods that aren't great for a healthy lifestyle or a healthy diet. 
absolutely we have to watch out for that and as you know the issues that causes with fertility right living in a high cortisol affects you know all the, the qualities of the reproductive system and everything but for me what i really start to focus on with my clients is that insulin piece so when i talk about hormones i talk a lot about insulin because that is your fat storage hormone so if you're using food for pleasure or as a coping mechanism or to protect yourself, for example, and you're overeating, you're actually causing this hormonal response in your body where the insulin, which is your fat storage hormone, goes into your bloodstream and starts collecting all of this energy in the form of your blood sugar and then is supposed to store it in your liver and in your muscles. But when those places are full up, yeah. It needs to store the fat somewhere else. So it stores it in your fat cells, right? And so now we have lots of stuff ready to fight or flee or to use up, but we don't give ourselves the opportunity to use up what I call our leftovers. Yeah. All that food that we've already eaten for leftovers to be used later on. And so really that in my methodology and in my approach and philosophy is where we need to focus on when it comes to the hormonal piece of weight loss. And I focus a lot, as you know, mind, body, spirit, when it comes to releasing the weight, aligning your hormones, aligning your habits and your energetic vibration in order to release the weight and elevate your life for good from a place that feels good and not the stress, the all diety, the this is hard, the deprivation, because we know that causes inflammation, cortisol mm -hmm. increase, and you actually storing and holding onto more weight. Yeah, exactly. I always say like, we're, we're physical beings on a physical earth. So you have to play that physical game, but we are spiritual beings as well. So it's like really marrying that up and getting that alignment. And I think that's when, um, you know, the, the magic, the harmony happens. And for some people, um, you know, it's like for me, um, I had to do the physical stuff, right? Like I couldn't sit there and be the meditator or just affirm, do the affirmations or connect with my spirit guides. Like I had serious leaky gut. I had to physically heal that. Um, and so... But I, like I get clients who are doing all the right things physically and they're spiritually and mentally and emotionally not in line with what's going on. So it's really finding like your balance and what you really need to do, you know, like um, not everyone needs to be on a strict autoimmune paleo diet and, you know, that's the only way everyone's ever going to, you know, be healthy. It's really there's some really good balance there. What's one of your favorite tools to help people? Um, shift that mental and emotional aspect of their journey? So I would say that the best tool that I have is really when it comes to awareness starting really, cause that's the starting point. Mm -hmm. So when I look at the whole weight loss journey, I actually look at it like a pyramid, right? And at the top is really deciding who it is you want to be and what you want out of your life authentically for you and then setting up the beliefs that that is actually possible and the values that align to making that happen and then as you talk about doing the physical thing that's really like at the bottom of the pyramid so once you know why you want it and that why is so ingrained in you and those 
values that represent that why are so important to you, then the doing of the thing almost becomes natural because you just want to, it's just who you are. It's just so in alignment with what the person you want to become and the values that you hold. And a lot of people I find work from the bottom up, right? They mm -hmm. try to change their body in order to feel worthy, in order to feel happiness, in order to whatever, get that relationship. But if you have that relationship right with yourself, or you have that belief in yourself that you are worthy, like we talked about at the beginning, right? That the doing of the thing then becomes more natural and in harmony because it's just aligned with who you are, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'd say really it's becoming aware and being like, okay, who do I want to be? Why do I want to be that person? What are the values that I hold as that person? And then how can I see that my actions aren't matching up with this? And yeah. so really it, it kind of starts there. So I wouldn't say it's just one thing because it's more of a like step-by-step -step or a flow because without you know, the first piece, then the second piece isn't necessarily even going to work or make sense, right? Which would be like, get ahead of the sabotage and figuring out, you know, what triggers you in order to act the way that you don't want to act. So it's it's kind of a step-by-step -step process, but I'd say the first thing starts with awareness. And even throughout your journey, it's all about seeing yourself almost like as an observer of the situation, because it's much easier to either correct yourself in the moment or correct yourself later because you could see the pattern. You could see how it happened. You could see what you were thinking. You could see what you were feeling that caused you to act that way, which makes it easier to get in front of the next time that experience happens and you can make different choices. Yeah, exactly. And even just being sat in the moment, I always tell people, even if you're not making radical changes, just tell yourself that you're going to make that radical change. Because well, I you can just, yeah, I can make the radical change. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. just flip whatever that monologue is in your head. And eventually your subconscious mind was like, oh, we don't do this anymore. And you're like, oh, I don't do this anymore. <laughs> you know, like, I think a lot of people think it has to be this like huge momentous, like I have to be perfect. I have to be doing all the right things where a lot of the times, if you just change the way you think about yourself and the way you know, you think about that situation and you catch yourself if you're in a negative thought or a spiral and you can just go, yeah, well, I can do things differently or I don't do that. I don't overeat. And even if you're overeating, you're, you're just like, I don't eat, I overeat. It can mm -hmm. start slowly changing things for you. Yeah, I totally agree. It has to start small. It has to start with believable thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. So if you honestly are a person who doesn't love yourself, the idea of I can love myself seems very separated and far apart. Mm -hmm. So you, so it might be hard to go from, you know, I love myself when you hate yourself to, you know, I can love myself or I like myself sometimes mm -hmm. and moving yourself up to that level. Um, which is an interesting conversation to have with people, because as you said, people just want like, what's the solution? What's the yeah. pill? What's the diet? And honestly, you know, you can buy that all day long off the internet, but if you're not going to follow through and actually do it, it's not going to work for you. So really in the long run, doing that piece of the puzzle is way more effective than looking for that short code or like that shortcut rather, 
to the solution, it's actually just going to take you longer and, and round and round in circles until you finally realize like, okay, no, what I actually need to do is this thing first. And then all that stuff or at, in tandem, I, my clients do it at the same time, which is super fun because they're seeing physical results. And they're actually at the end of the time working with me, they're usually like, oh yeah. And I lost the weight, but yeah. all of the other benefits like trump it to the point where they even forget that the the weight loss was even like a thing at the moment. Yeah. Which yeah. is super fun. As I'm sure you experience with your clients, it's yeah, you know, the journey and who they become along the path and not just, you know, getting to the top of the mountain. Yeah. I mean, for us, we have to focus on kind of those small goals, right? Because mm -hmm. pregnancy is usually the last thing that's going to click into place. And even I, you know, and I'm a big, you know, supporter or, or not supporter, but I talk a lot about epigenetics because, mm. you know, you can push your body to get pregnant and stay pregnant with a truckload of drugs. And I'm not against IVF. I have an IVF baby. But the fact of the matter is, is that there are consequences, you know, and um, nothing set in stone, but you always want to protect yourself and your future children. And this is why we're seeing so many women have difficult pregnancies and births and postpartum health. And then, you know, our children having um, more issues than, you know, previous generations. And so it's a really big deal. And unfortunately, when you are dealing with getting and staying pregnant, it's not just your own life that you're dealing with right and you're you know it's a big hard conversation to have and we won't dive into it right now but um you know the sooner that you're able to um support yourself mentally emotionally physically um i think the the better chances of a happy healthy pregnancy postpartum motherhood journey you're gonna experience yeah i think that's the most powerful stage in a woman's life when they are consciously planning on having a family and the shifts that they can go through when they're consciously aware is so amazing. Like mm -hmm. even I see with my clients, I remember in my own journey, like that is the time you're so dedicated and to be committed because it's not just about you. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's a beautiful, the work that you do is beautiful. I, I love working with, with my clients in that stage and and I'm sure you you see a lot of different transformations that just fuel you every day to keep going. Yeah. The baby is always the cherry on top for me. <laughs> yeah. Like it's the self-worth, self-love, self-realization that just um, lights my soul on fire because I know that they're going to continue that on with their children and be better mothers for it. And that's yeah. like really what I is love seeing amazing. the the empowerment that a woman goes through when they mm. do have that experience, because you know, it's not just like, there's the baby, but they're going to be raising that baby and themselves in, in such a different mindset, positive, mm -hmm. beneficial for them and the child. It's like, yeah, it, for me, it was definitely the most transformative. And I, and I definitely try to instill that in my clients too, when they were going through the process, they, they, um, yeah, they, they just became this whole different person as you do anyway. But in this case, when you're consciously aware of making the choices, you know, you can really create your own future in almost, you know, that short period of time. Whereas 
once you're past that stage or before that stage, I find like it might take a little bit longer because the driving force is so there when it's yeah. about your own family, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, I can sit here and talk to you for ages. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Please let our listeners know where they can find you before you go. Sure. So High Vibe Weight Loss is the name of my company. So I am that name everywhere. My website's highvibeweightloss.com. I am that on Facebook, Instagram. I have my own podcast on all of the platforms called High Vibe Weight Loss as well. So I'd love for anyone who's interested to go and check that out. I have a free course on my website, highvibeweightloss.com, that you can go and do a three-day mini course that talks about the three key steps to releasing the excess weight and elevate your life. Yay, so exciting. Well, thank you so much again for all your knowledge and wisdom. I'm sure we'll connect again soon. Thank you so much for having me and thank you so much for doing the work that you do and serving the women that you do. I know it is super impactful and powerful, so I honor that. Oh, thank you. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.